The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Hajay Salveson. That's right, Eric's back in the house after having his dinner of slurpees and nachos. And steak potatoes. That, that's an interesting combination. It's actually a good one, too. I don't. I think I'd want to stay away from that. Why? Look at you. It's too late anyways. Can't turn Can't turn back now, E. <laughs> Eric Franson joined me back after a, a long hiatus. <laughs> one hour. <laughs> uh, big, uh, big thanks to AJ Knight for joining me again. Uh, does incredible work as a Mountain Crest play-by-play guy. Uh, love working with him. So thanks for him for covering for Eric while he... Uh, Eric was gone, and uh, now it's time to get into some Utah State Aggie football, specifically in the know, as we get you ready for Stony Brook on Saturday at 5.30 p.m., Utah State Aggies home opener, as they look to go now or get themselves into the winning column for the season at 1-1. One and one. Stony Brook already on to that winning column there, 1-0 and oh, after a 35-10 dominating win over Bryant. Eric? Oh, Bryant. Oof. That powerhouse. Big win for Stony Brook. What is even their mascot? Dude, don't. It's like a lobo, but it's no, don't. not. Dude, it's like a fierce-looking wolf. Eric, I bet you Tennessee was making jokes about Georgia State last week, and they weren't laughing after the game was over. Don't be that guy. Okay? We take every opponent. We respect everybody, but fear oh, no one. Oh, they're the sea wolves. That's what they are. Sea wolves. We respect everybody, but fear no one. Respect your opponent, Eric. Brian Miller, the uh, assistant athletic director of communications, will. Uh, we did a pre-recorded interview, so he's going to hop on with us, and he's uh, he talks about what the team is like offensively, defensively, who's standing out, and then the university itself. You'll love to hear it. Uh, we'll play that later in the five o'clock hour. Uh, this Stony Brook team, by the way, is uh, upstate New York. Very, uh, I guess, not a big school. In fact, they uh, they had their ninth largest crowd just uh, last uh, last Thursday against Bryant. There was just under ten thousand people in attendance. Yep. Um, th- this is a team that, all jokes aside, um, has a decent little offense. Yeah, uh, Coach Anderson. Uh, you know, he alluded to the the, the backs of of Stony Brook that they're similar to. What you saw from, uh, from Wake Forest in that their backs are very physical, and uh, with that they that I mean with the physicality that they're not there to just juke you out of their shoes they're there to run you over, and they are not afraid to just put their helmet down and go right at you, and which which for Gary Anderson here uh, as he says is is something that really stood out to him. Well, the backs were very physical. Um, that's the first thing I'll say. They uh, they have no problem coming through that hole a thousand miles an hour and what's over in front of them, they're going to take it on. And uh, they've done a very good job with that. I think the offensive line is efficient with what they do. And again, they run different types of personnel group at you. So you're going to see, I guess in today's world, you'd call it old school, you know, and there's actually two backs in the backfield sometimes. Now it's a tight end that's back there, but there's actually two running backs in the backfield. Um, 
it's still you know mostly from the shotgun position where the back is right behind back the quarterback but it's old school um, you know the, some of the away zone and some of the running schemes that they use and they're effective with that they want to be physical um, you know their play action and boot pass, pass game is very good they have a very athletic quarterback but I think the core running backs is uh, uh, they've done a nice job like I say physical kids um, that aren't afraid to run hard and uh, they're going to get every extra yard similar to the kids that we played last week you know Wake Forest is you know, if it's if it's one on one, they're not really excited about trying to make you miss. They're more excited about you know trying to knock your teeth out than they are uh, trying to uh, make you miss. Yeah, definitely. With this uh, with this team, that it's it's all about being physical and it's about all about doing it through the ground uh, more than just chucking it up in the air. In fact, their quarterback last week, Tyquell, uh, he was ten of twenty uh, for just under two hundred yards. But I mean, their rushing game was impressive. Isaiah White. Uh, led the group in carries with 13 carries. He had 55 yards. Tyquell Fields had eight carries for 67 yards. That led the team. Meanwhile, uh, Tyson Lawton uh, had 11 carries for 51 yards. I mean, they they use I mean several different people here to carry the ball from Eric. Yeah, they do. I mean, uh, between White and Lawton uh, and their opener, 24 carries for over 100 yards. Um, these are two guys, a little bit different styles. Uh, White. Um, I, I mean, they're about the same size, physicality, physically, both 5'10", 5'11", about the same uh, mass. Uh, but White is a captain. He's a fifth-year senior. Uh, Lawson, Lawton is a younger guy, redshirt freshman. But then they, besides them running the ball, clearly they've got a, a quarterback, a system that encourages the quarterback to run. Tyquell Fields is their quarterback who, as you mentioned, threw for just under 200 yards but also ran for about 67, uh, threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown. So it's uh, this is very much a uh, a game where that defensive front is going to need to uh, focus on stopping the run because that's what this uh, Sea Wolves, that's what they're going to want to do on Saturday. And this is what Woodward said about the running game and how it's going to help them prepare for the Aztecs. I think it'll definitely get us ready for a game like that. Um, playing against a team likes to run a lot, but I think that also plays in our favor a little bit because we like to stop the run and get a, get after the run early. So I think that'll be good for us. They will need to stop the run. If they want to put any pressure on Stony Brook, stopping the run will be the first thing. If they cannot stop the run, there could be trouble because then that allows the passing game to develop itself uh, with a very, again, as we've already mentioned, a very, very threatening running game. That uh, that includes a lot of guys in it. In regards to the receiving part of it, uh, Gene Constant's a graduate transfer. You'll hear about him from Brian Miller. Uh, but he comes from Brian, and he's actually a All-American. And he transferred from Brian. Uh, they picked him the up. The team they just faced. Yeah, they just faced in Clobber, 35-10. Uh, in that game, Gene had three catches for 41 yards, no touchdowns. His longest catch was of uh, 21 yards. Andrew Trent is uh, had three catches for 79 yards. 47 of them uh, came on one catch. So uh, they have some they have some athletic talent in regards to the receiving game. I But it's, again, Eric, I think it's really the ground game that they're going to try and do their work the most. But do you see it being a threat towards this Utah State defense, which I guess, I mean, had their issues probably tackling in regards of, uh, uh, what is it, contact after? Yards after contact? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Um, so I, I think that the Utah State Utah State defense is going to want to prove something on Saturday. Uh, I think that they're want they're wanting to uh, put what happened last week behind them and uh, make a statement. Not to 
not to Stony Brook. They're not trying to prove anything to Stony Brook, but they're trying to prove something to themselves. Um, and so I think that we'll see a really strong defensive effort by USU that they're going to try to keep them out of the end zone. might be hard to do because this is a team that can move the ball around a little bit, but it's all predicated on how well they can run. And Utah State's going to be facing some really good running teams over the next couple of weeks um, after the bye. So I think that they're this team's going to want to try to bottle that up and kind of make a statement to themselves. Yeah, we'd Woodward on the run. I think they're a pretty good offense, and we just need to, just like this game plan, we had uh, just stop the run early and make them try to do other things. It's pretty bland, but it's it's true. And remember, they had issues with that. In fact, they've had issues the last two years against Air Force in that same regard, staying disciplined versus the run, knowing your assignment, having a specific assignment, and doing your job. Uh, it's it's going to come into play again, like it did against Wake Forest. It'll come into play again against this uh, this high, I, I don't want to say high potent offense, high potent rushing game again with several different players. So my question for you is, who do you think is going to be relied on the most in regards to tackles, the front four, <laughs> or David Woodward? I think front four. I think they're going to want to get out there and do something, uh, get after the quarterback because they had a hard time doing that. Last week, uh, I think you're going to see that front Utah State front really try to make a statement on on uh, Saturday night. In regards to the team defensively, they're 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 pretty similar to Wake Forest. In fact, Jalen Warren, the running back for Utah State Aggies, who had a career high game, uh, comments and says just that. They have a lot of returners, as far as I know, and uh, they basically run the same defense as Wake Forest. So we're going to see a lot of what we saw Friday night. You know, prepare and. Just do what we do. Uh, with that regard, uh, they do have, uh, in fact, uh, their linebackers, an athletic kid. You're going to hear Brian Miller, again, the assistant athletic director of communications, talk about him. Uh, he's very high on – I'm going to make sure I get his name right so I don't butcher this. Where did he go? Doggone, I had him. Now I can't find him. Anyways, uh, they had a couple – they have linebackers. Well, we had a great game last week. Yeah, and you heard Gary Anderson speak very highly of those physical backers. You know, yes. the linebackers – that uh, like to get in there and, and try to make some things happen. Um, that that uh, they've got some experience back there. A couple of guys are red shirt guys that have been around for a little while. Uh, they've got a fifth year senior in Keegan Henderson, um, a junior in Kirsten Johnson, and then a, a rover back in Augie Contressa, who's a red shirt junior. Uh, they do have a red shirt sophomore, but um, they've got a lot of experience uh, in that uh, linebacker group. And Elijah Duff is another kid who who could stand out to you. He had the pick yesterday, uh, last Thursday night. Um, he's a very athletic linebacker, and he's going to create some chaos. They he's got good speed. Uh, he's got great size. Um, can move very well on his feet. Very well aware. Um, and then that's uh, that's another guy they're going to have to keep an eye out for. Uh, here is Gary Anderson on his thoughts in regards of Stony Brook as a whole uh, and what he's seen so far. Excited about. An opportunity to play at home, number one. I'm excited to get back on the practice field again today, number two. I'm sure our kids will be the exact same way. We reviewed the film this morning, and we'll come back this afternoon and, and practice. Um, they've had a couple days off, so we'll actually get more than a, a usual Monday morning practice today. So that'll be good for us. And, you know, Stony Brook is a, a team that shows you different personnel groups on the offensive side of the ball, which will be something we haven't seen yet this year. So, uh, you know, substitutions will be key um, in that setting. They'll go from a kind of a spread offense to kind of want to smash you around with bigger people with um, 
couple tight ends in the game. So um, adjustments to that will be huge today in the first practice that we have. And on the defensive side of the ball, the scheme seems to be fairly similar to uh, what we played against in Wake Forest. Aggressive defense likes to move the defensive front around a lot. Um, so as we continue to evaluate and scout the film, you know, this, this week is, uh, as any Monday, I think Mondays are so important as reviewing and adjusting yourself more so than truly your opponent. And uh, that's what Monday's about today for us. That was, again, the Monday presser for uh, Utah State Aggies. Um, I couldn't find the audio on Stony Brook, so I, I didn't see anything for them. But a lot of respect coming from uh, Coach Anderson. He's very well aware who Stony Brook is and uh, what they're capable of doing. In fact, here is, uh, we talked about the defensive side of the ball. Here's Coach uh, G.A. just on that. Well, they, they have a lot of opportunities to change plays on the other side of the, of the, other side of the field. Um, harassing quarterbacks, TFLs, um, you know, hitting the quarterback before he throws it. Uh, the DBs do a nice job of kind of digging in and understand where they're going to sit and where they're going to play. But again, it's just it's the same whether it's run or whether it's throw. You're going to get a lot of different looks from these guys, and uh, it's not it's not because they play because they need deception. That's their scheme. They want to be able to play to, you know, not let you understand where we are, uh, where we're going to be, and where we are. We might stay here or we might be going somewhere else real quick. And in the back end, I think they've played you know solid solid coverages um, and have done a nice job. So we'll. Uh, We'll see as we continue to, to go through time here and get them evaluated. I'm sure the offense will come up with the scheme to be able to uh, play at a high level against them. That's the plan. Eric, I remember Ben Roethlisberger one time saying, he was asked an annoyance like of the defense that he would have to play, and he says the most annoying defense is the one that doesn't stay still because they're just everywhere. Where they just send guys left and right, and it's, hey, you think we're here. Like Coach Anderson was just saying, you think we're here but we're actually going to be over here or we're actually coming up on a blitz and you have no idea it's coming from whichever angle it's coming. And I feel like I just seen the very few amount of highlights I did. I, I feel like Stony Brook will do just that. They will move guys to try to throw Jordan Love off thinking he's making a right read or he's making the right call, trying to find the mic, the Sam, the backers, and then think, and then when he snaps the ball, he sees something totally different. This is a pretty experienced defense. Yeah, oh, for, yeah. for Stony Brook. Yes. Uh, pretty veteran. Uh, a lot of seniors, a lot of fourth-year juniors. Um, uh, it's, it's a lot of guys that have played a lot of football for Stony Brook. Uh, and with decent size, too. Uh, the, so this isn't a team that you just look over the top of them and they're just not, you can clearly tell they don't belong in the same field. Yeah, they're not, they don't have a great track record against FBS opponents. They're 1-9. and nine, um, But they've played some tough games. They've been pretty competitive. Uh, so it's a team that Utah State needs to put away early and so they can work on some some things, work on different packages, work on different personnel because um, that's more effective to doing that in a game than it is in, in practices. So you know, they need to jump out early on, on Stony Brook uh, and give their, themselves time to work out a few kinks because they have kinks that need to be worked out. Yeah, and I like what you said, putting away a team early. Tennessee got themselves in trouble when they gave Georgia State confidence that they could actually compete in Knoxville. Missouri put themselves in a hole when they gave Wyoming the lead. Purdue, same situation. When you give these, quote-unquote, smaller teams confidence that they belong with you, that's when you're, I mean, you're looking at a panic button there because you're, I mean, all of a sudden the game's tied up or you're up by three in the fourth quarter. Uh, with nine minutes left, which seems like an eternity for the opponent. And and they build steam off of that. They're thinking, hey, 
guys, we're in, I mean, we got plenty of time here. One stop and a score, we win this ball game. And, and with that, Utah State did a great job of last year of shutting out any momentum, any confidence that a lesser school had. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what they have to do, Be, especially with fine-tuning what they want to do in their secondary. Is that harder to do in these kind of games, though? I mean, having them... Because, like, you just came off an emotional game against Wake Forest where you lost. You got Stony Brook and then a bye, which is kind of weird, before you get into the, the thick of it of San Diego State, Colorado State, and LSU. How hard can it be to get up for this game? It won't be hard. won't be hard at all. And that's exactly <laughs> what David Woodward said. I think just every week we need to be focused going into the game because uh, it doesn't matter what level it is or anything like that. Any team can beat anyone on any day. So just being prepared and preparing like it's any other week. Any team can beat anyone on any day. I mean, are we being realistic, though? Could Stony Brook really come into Logan, Utah, and actually beat this Aggie team? Even on, even on Utah State's worst day, Stony Brook's best day, is it? I mean, is there any like? I mean, are we really realistically looking at a thing that they could actually? Is back? it possible? Yeah. Yes. Is it probable? Not really. Fair enough. Uh, no. Go ahead. No, just the thing that just may maybe causes a little pause that makes this team might be a little more competitive is just all their experience. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talked about with their defense, a lot of experienced guys on defense. They got a lot of experienced guys on offense as well. Um, they've only got like two sophomores listed as starters uh, and they're red shirt sophomores. Everybody else, mostly seniors. Uh, and they're all red shirt guys. So they're guys that have been in the program for a long time that have been playing football for Stony Brook for a long time. Uh, experience doesn't necessarily equate to skill. I get that, but they, they have a pretty good size. Um, and this is a team that in their division, They've been a successful program yes. and their back classification. Back, back to they're back a successful program. Yes. Uh, speaking of the schedule, it's kind of quirky. Al Lewis asked a great question to Coach Anderson about this. You know, you, you've got Stony Brook and then you've got in the third week of the season, you've got a bye. And then you've got two conference games and a power five opponent on the road. How does that affect you guys? And this is Coach Anderson's answer. Number one, our focus this week is on us. Um, Obviously, Stony Brook is, requires a ton of film study, and they, they do create some problems with what they do. Um, but I think the big thing after game one is looking at yourself, evaluating yourself as a person, as a coach, as a unit, as a special teams unit, and then functionally go back over that and quickly move back into Stony Brook. But you have to evaluate to make sure that you have the best 11 um, kids that are healthy and make sure that uh, after game one, I think it's, so, it's more important probably any other time of the year to be able to do that. Um, so we've, we've gone through that process. Now we're obviously head, head to full steam ahead onto, to Stony Brook. But I would say this is that that's, that's the only thing that matters is winning the Stony Brook football game right now. Then we'll deal with the bye week when we get to that point. Um, you know, that point is, is the focus on, again, ourselves for a couple of days there and then getting on to the next opponent to, to gain an advantage, hopefully, um, on San Diego State. Uh, yeah, so it's one game at a time. And when you're 0-1, that's how you're kind of taking it as, right? I mean, you're, you're, you just want to get in the willing column and, and start there. And that's why I think that Utah State is is going to be so well-focused coming into Saturday at 5.30 p.m. in the Maverick Stadium is just that they need a win. And you cannot in any way, shape, or form <laughs> um, take a loss to Stony Brook 
before you get ready for conference play. That just cannot happen. And they won't. But uh, the question is how uh, how do they play? How well do they play? How well do they execute? How well do they bottle up the run? What kind of adjustments do they make? Will they purposely try to get Jordan Love to roll out and throw on the run? Mm, Just to get interesting. him practice and more comfortable with those situations. How much will they show? Uh, or will they be conservative? And Because they know they've got a conference opponent coming up next uh, after the bye week. That's a great question for you. Uh, let, me, let me make that rhetorical one. Do they keep their game book or playbook bland with what their schedule looks like the next three weeks after that bye week? Um, you know what? I wouldn't throw everything out there. I wouldn't need to uh, against a team like Stony Brook. I'd keep it pretty simple, pretty dialed in. This is your base. This is who we are. But of anything that's exotic, um, I wouldn't show that because wh- why put anything on tape that you may need to use as a surprise for a conference opponent or when you go to LSU? So I- I'd be, I'm, I'm guessing it'll be a pretty, a pretty bland uh, offensive scheme, maybe even a bland defensive scheme, but fans don't overreact about that. Uh, it, I think it's just a function of, hey, this is a lower division team. We don't have to get too creative or crazy. Um, we we need to fine tune some things, yeah, but we want to hold the well, our cards a little bit close to the vest until we get into conference play. Uh, by the way, Stony Brook, uh, in regards of SB, FBS opponents, marks the twelfth time that Stony Brook will face one on the gridiron. The Seawolves are one and nine against FBS teams in the previous meetings. Uh, they met Toledo in the, to, to open the season in two thousand fifteen. But the game was not completed due to weather. More on that later. Uh, last season, Stony Brook opened the season against Air Force. They were shut out by Air Force, uh, emphatically 38 nothing. All right, coming back, you're going to hear from Brian Miller. He's the Assistant Athletic Director of Communications for the Stony Brook Seawolves. You're, we're going to talk about, uh, this is a pre-recorded interview, but you'll hear about their, uh, their university. You will hear about uh, what, what to do there, what athletes can do there as hobbies, I mean, during the offseason or whatever. Uh, and you also hear about their offense and defense and uh, Coach uh, Priori uh, and, and what he's like. And so that and more coming up here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Andre Salveson, 106.9 FM, The Fan. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salison. It's a hump day, Wednesday, uh, September 4th. I said November 4th. It's September 4th, 526 your time. You don't know. That, how, that's our new greeting. How much I've been violated since then. By that phrase. Everywhere I go now, hey. <laughs> you have no idea the pain that I've been facing. Since then, like you and and oh well, let's be honest, you don't even care. But it has been, um, it has been not good, and it's uh, it's it's been painful. It's a memory I don't want to live with. <laughs> um, and and I would I would rather not you not repeat the phrase ever again. Can you can we count on you to do that? Um, I don't know if I can commit to that. Oh. You know, this is all your fault, Eric. I don't know what's this is going all your on. fault. You have totally thrown me off a riff. 
Alright, my rhythm, my flow, it was going great until you came along. And now I'm... Uh, kebobbled. <laughs> kebobbled. Nice. Hey, don't forget our better, better... <laughs> I'm out. F this. I'm out. <laughs> Screw it. I'm done. Don't forget. Screw this thing. Wait, don't We're nice. Hey, don't forget our better, better... <laughs> I'm out. F this. I'm out. Screw it. I'm done. Don't forget. Screw this thing. Wait, don't We're forget. freaking out. Don't forget our... Don't forget our... What? We're done. What? <laughs> F this whole thing. I hate this show. <laughs> I don't understand what I've been through. Oh, uh, that was great. No, it wasn't. That was great. One of my worst moments of radio. That's hey, worse you than know situational what? punting. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. It's close. <laughs> That's horrible. Hey, and I said Justice Tae. I I was looking at Tipa Nali. <laughs> I know. And then I you had like, him chew in my me brain. Out. Oh, my god. And gosh. then you said, oh, yeah, Tipa. And I said, no, I just talked about Tipa. And man, I doubled down on that. I was, I did not say uh, justice. I was only thinking Tipa. Uh, they did have a few tackles for loss and, and were able to make some plays. I mean, Jacoby Wildman had a couple. Justice Tae had one. We didn't hear his name called very much. No. So they did a, a really a nice job of trying to bottle him up. And Tipa's another one that kind of kept quiet too. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, <laughs> the, you did? The Tipa, Tipa, oh, we didn't hear his no, the Tipa, we didn't hear his name called very much. Sorry. Um, thanks for paying attention. Oh. So, by the way, D-Lazy-B, my man, D-Lazy-B oh. says, don't apologize to Eric. He most definitely said Justice T-A, not Tipa. Well, he, I... No. Oh! No, I said Tipa Naliai. We hadn't heard I his name much. Money. And I started talking about Justice Tae. Hey. Um, I love justice when it's served on yes. a silver platter. My bad. It was, you know, well, clearly. Oh, would you rather you, be that or be Berta Berta? <laughs> you pick. Yeah, uh, you know how it goes. You, you're looking at someone's name on a piece of paper and you're thinking about them, but you say someone else's name. Yeah, I, uh. <laughs> I never have, and then I turn. I, I was turn just, around. I was just and yell my sure. co-host to be like, "Yeah, I've already said that." <laughs> I was just sure that I said Tipanali. That's who I was looking at. Oh, and I doubled down. Shame on you. All right, we need to get it to it. Brian Miller, the assistant athletic director of uh, communications, and he is in charge of football. Does an incredible job. Uh, was willing, nice enough to, to join me for a pre-recorded interview to talk about Stony Brook and what to look for. This is about a twenty-minute interview. Uh, by the way, we still got to get to our movie quiz, and so <laughs> prepare for that. Uh, but here's Brian Miller on Stony Brook about their offense, their defense, their coach, and who with the success he's inherited now. Well, not inherited, but built, because he's been there for 14 years. Now has back-to-back NCAA tournament appearances. And then afterwards, uh, he talks about what New York is like and what the athletes can do there. This is Brian Miller here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. All right, so it's another edition of In the Know as we get you ready for the Stony Brook Seawolves coming into Logan, Utah to face the Utah State Aggies. Stony Brook 1-0 on the season after a dominating 35-10 win over Bryant in the season opener. Now, usually we have a radio analyst or a coach join us, but this is a unique guest and one that I'm really excited about in Brian Miller. He's the assistant AD for communications. He's specifically over football and does an incredible job as I look at his game notes. These are incredible. Uh, and uh, Brian, or excuse me, Stony Brook is a 
Really intriguing team. In fact, you heard you heard Coach Gant Anderson already talk a little bit about them, and he starts with the, uh, about the running backs and how physical they are, similar to Wake Forest. But something I want to start with you, Brian, as we uh, as we start to get into uh, Stony Brook here, is Tyquell Fields, who was uh, named the starting quarterback. He was a backup quarterback last year, and last week was his first career start. He goes ten of twenty for over a hundred yards. Uh, tell us about Tyquell. Well, what was what is his history like? Yeah, Tycal came here. Um, for, this is his fourth season, so he's he's been in the program for quite some time, and he um, will have two years left with us, including this year. So he's he's got some experience under his belt, but like you said, this was his first start last Saturday, and he was actually admittedly nervous, um, but he didn't show it on the field. He his numbers were were very good. Like you said, he had ten completions, twenty attempts, uh, almost two hundred yards, couple. Slightly underthrown deep balls that, if were caught on the fly, would have been two long touchdowns over 50 yards. So, um, you know, he, he did a great job. He knows the program, knows the system, and uh, I think that the more he gets experience under the belt, the better off and more comfortable he'll, he will be. You know, it helps having a good running game like Stony Brook has. You just barely mentioned that uh, this running back crew is very physical. They're running backs who, instead of getting excited about maybe duking you, they get more excited about running over you. I'm looking at like Isaiah White, again, Tykel Fields. Uh, well, Isaiah had 13 carries for 55 yards. Fields had eight carries for 67 yards. I mean, we're, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, this is like a six rushing deep chart, and they're all, you know, close to 50 yards, if not for the, not over 50. Tell us about this running back department and what you see out of them. Yeah, I mean, the, the interesting thing about our running back game is that we had two, uh, thousand yard rushers last season that graduated so uh those guys carried the bulk of of the load so we basically had to 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 reload back there and isaiah white who is a senior captain uh was a running back for us as a true freshman and actually moved to the defensive side of the ball for the last three seasons um because we had so much depth at running back so you talked about tykel fields and his first career start last week Isaiah White's first career start was also last week at running back, and, and he, like you said, had 13 carries, uh, two touchdowns, um, over 50 yards. So it, it is an interesting dynamic back there. Um, despite losing the two guys last season, we gained o- over 250 yards of, uh, on the ground this week, and it's going to be that way all season. It's going to be by committee, and there are three or four guys back there that are certainly capable of handling that load. Another offensive weapon you guys got is a graduate transfer and an All-American as well. And it, Forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, but is it Gene Constant? Is that his name? That is correct, yes. Uh, tell me about this kid because it seems like he's got some incredible athleticism. As I saw some film on you guys uh, earlier uh, a couple days ago. This kid is athletic. This, this receiving core is really talented. Yeah, he is, uh, he, he's somebody that we're very excited to, to get, and we got him kind of late. Uh, he decided that he, you know, he, he's a fifth-year kid, so he graduated from Bryant, uh, ironically, the team we played last week, uh, where he was a two-time All-American, one of their top receivers during his career, and, and we were able to get him. Um, Bryant kicked away from him a little bit last week, as they probably should have, knowing what he's capable of doing. But he's an unbelievable kick returner, but I think we're going to be able to use him a lot at receiver, and he's a slot guy and basically catches anything that's thrown his way. So we're very excited about having him. Very athletic kid, as you said. Uh, got a lot of speed. And he complements our, our receiving core very well. 
Where did he transfer from? Was he from Bryant? Where, where did he come from? Yeah, he came from Bryant. Is that's the team we played last week? He transferred from there. Like I said, he graduated, um, so he's a fifth year transfer, and we'll have him for one season, unfortunately. But at least we have him for that one season. I uh, want to ask you about the top 25 poll in the AFCA coaches poll. You guys have four votes uh, to start off, at least that's of September 2nd. Uh, you now, is, is it by conference? Or, I mean, forgive me. I'm really unfamiliar with that, so please forgive me. But is it by conference? And if so, uh, how is your guys' conference or division? Uh, well, I mean, when you look at your guys' schedule, it looks pretty deep this year. Yeah, we are in, in the CAA football conference. Um, and it is basically, for lack of a better term, the SEC of the FCS. We had six teams make it to the uh, FCS playoffs last year out of our conference. Um, so it is a very, very talented league. Um, JM, James Madison University, who has been in the national championship game and won the national championship each couple of the last few years. and, and They so just lost last week, is that correct? Yeah, they did. They they lost by three to West Virginia at West Virginia. Um, so, yeah, they're a very good team. Uh, we get to see them here in Stony Brook on October 5th. But our league is very talented top to bottom. Um, you know, the reason we only have four four points or votes, if you will, in the in the coaches' polls, I think, you know, we finished the, the year last year ranked 12th in the country, uh, and we lost a lot. We lost a lot on offense. We lost our our three-year starting quarterback. We lost our two 1,000-yard rushers. We lost it. Basically, we had 37 offensive touchdowns last year, and we only returned two. So that's what's going to – that's what the, the coaches see. That's what the voters see. Um, I think we're a better team than that, and I think we'll prove that as the year goes along and, and hopefully return to that top 25. But that's – you know the, you know how it is, and even the, the FBS and, and the polls, the voters see what they want to see, and, and that's how they vote. Tell us about, when we get back to the field here, tell us about your defense. Who stands out too defensively for Stony Brook? Well, we have a, a very good defensive line um, and a very good defensive secondary, but one of the guys that stands out is Sam Kamara. He wears number five on defense and um, can line up basically anywhere on that line. Very athletic. He's got some pro scouts that are looking at him. Mm. Um, he's a senior captain as well. Uh, been here for four years. He did not redshirt during his career very athletic kid like i said um and then our, our defensive backfield we have a cornerback gavin heslop also a senior captain um very tall lanky very good defender so that's you know i, I think our two strengths on our team period is our defensive backs and our and our defensive line um so combine you know that's a good combination to have as your strength uh you know one one complements the other in in college football you can't have a good D-line without a good secondary and vice versa. The guy can only cover somebody as, as long as a quarterback, um, you know, is pressured. So uh, we have some good guys back there, very talented, senior-laden group. So, uh, you know, they're, they're hungry for uh, some success. Uh, your defensive backfield has is, is already being productive. They had two picks for a total of 71 yards last week against Bryant. Uh, tell me about uh, Elijah Duff. Obviously, this kid's on a lot of people's radars. He's on Coach Anderson's as well. This defensive backfield is obviously very talented. Yeah, actually, Elijah plays um, linebacker for us, and he was was in the right spot at the right time, which is a lot of situations when you have an interception like that. And he was very close, uh, about 11 yards away from actually another having another pick six for us. Um, in the game on set on Thursday night, so 
Um, but he's very talented. We are a little thin at linebacker um, depth-wise, but the, the guys that we do have playing, uh, Elijah Duff is one of them, and the other, the other starter is going to be Kirsten Johnson, who is a transfer from USF. So uh, we do have some talent there, but our DBs, Sincere Malone got the uh, scoring started this year for us with a, a pick six in the first quarter on Thursday. And, um, you know, he's another senior. Like I said, it's a senior-laden defensive backfield, and um, they're all hungry, and they, uh, they actually have uh, an ongoing bet amongst themselves about who can get the first interception of a game and <laughs> who can get a touchdown. They had six. We had six defensive touchdowns last year. and wow. Already have one this year. Wow. Uh, let's, let's turn to the sideline and look at the head ball coach. And uh, is, is it Chuck Pryor? Is that correct? Priori. I see. I knew I was going to butcher it too. That's why I asked you first. Okay. Always That's ask okay. you before <laughs> I go out and. No, uh, Chuck Priori, back to back NCAA appearances in the last two years. Uh, looks to get his uh, crew back to another one. Uh, tell us about Coach. He's been there for 14 years now. Uh, what, his, what your experience of being around him has been like? Sure. He's fiery for sure. Um, that's a good word to use to describe him. Um, but he gets his guys to play hard, and, and that's what you want in a coach is a, is a coach that will go to battle for his kids and expect his kids to go to battle for him, and that's exactly how he coaches in practice. That's exactly how he coaches in a game. Um, he can get in your face, but he also will praise you at the same time um, and teach you at the same time. Like, like you said, he's been here for 14 seasons, uh, four postseason appearances for him, so we are looking for our first ever three-peat, which would be good to get to the postseason. But he's good, and he's been coaching in, for a long time. This is his 30th year as a coach, um, 20th as head coach, 14th here at Stony Brook. I want to ask you about Stony Brook University as a whole. Where is Stony Brook located? Tell us about Stony Brook University. Tell us about Stony Brook itself uh, and, and, and everything that you, we need to know about the uh, Seawolves town. Sure. Stony Brook uh, is actually a town on Long Island, um, about halfway out, about 60 miles from Manhattan, uh, on the North Shore. So we're, we're, the Long Island Sound is, is between us and Connecticut, and obviously the Atlantic Ocean is 19 miles south of us. Long Island's only 19 miles wide at its widest point. Uh, great place to live. I love it here. A lot of fun stuff to do, and obviously, like I said, you're only 60 miles away from Manhattan. But um, Stony Brook itself is a, is a part of the State University of New York system, so the SUNY school, so it's a public school, um, and uh, it is the second largest state school in New York. It is, uh, we have about 25,000 students, um, you know, so primarily known for, for medicine. We have a hospital on campus, which is the largest employer on Long Island, um, very good uh, math, science, business also, you know, like most universities kind of have a, a wide range, but medicine is, is one of the big things here at this university. What, I, I got to ask you, athletes that you get, I mean, I don't know if you recruit from the West Coast or whatever, so when athletes come up there, you said there's a lot of stuff to do. What is there to do in, in Long Island or in, in, in Stony Brook? Sure. Um, you can take a, a two-hour train from right on campus into Manhattan, into uh, New York State City, um, this beaches on the South Shore that are from the Atlantic Ocean are some of the best beaches, I think, around. I lived in, in the Florida Gulf Coast for a while during my career, and I think these beaches rival it. The fact that you can't go year-round here is a, is a different story, but they, they great waves, great surfing, 
Um, so our student athletes and our students can can get the best of both worlds. There's great vineyards and orchards and pick your own fruit stands out east um, on the island, and then you know everything west of here. You have the Knicks, the Nets, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Mets, the Yankees, the Jets, the Giants. So there's you have the largest city in in the country right there at your fingertips. So there's quite a few. A bit to do, and, and nobody should ever be bored when they live on Long Island or even visit Long Island. Does Coach Priori let the athletes go surfing, like during the offseason or anything, um, or are they off limits from yeah, that? Yeah, our, our, actually, our quarterback that graduated last year, Joe Carbone, was an avid surfer. Um, <laughs> he looked like he was from California. He acted like he was from California, but he was from Connecticut, um, and he would surf all the time. So, yeah, he lets them do that. You know, I, I'm sure he makes sure they go to the safer places, and, and you know, you're not going to get tanked by a rock or something when you when you fall but um yeah he he lets them do that he lets them have fun and um actually during fall camp they um they do take a excursion to the beach um toward the tail end of camp just to kind of let the guys unwind and relax what's what's winters like there i mean when athletes go there i mean they're, they i mean maybe from california or whatever but they expect that nice warm weather and they probably enjoy it but winters are they brutal as people make them sound um, on Long Island, they're not as bad as they are in upstate and probably not as bad as you experience out there in Logan, but, um, we do get the wind. We do get the cold. We don't get as much snow as you would expect. Mm. Um, and that's because we are surrounded by the ocean. Um, and the Atlantic is typically a warmer ocean. So, um, you know, we don't get the snow as much, but we do get it. Um, but we get the cold wind and the, obviously the cold temperatures, but, I honestly think the the winters here are, are fairly mild. Hey, I want to ask you about this uh, this Sea Wolf crowd. In fact, uh, if I if I heard right and uh, did my research right, ninth largest crowd ever last week at your guys' home stadium. What is the support like there? I mean, you guys had about over nine thousand fans there last week. Uh, there's a chance that we know when James Madison comes to visit this October that you guys could maybe even break that record. Well, tell us about the uh, audience that you guys get and the support you guys get. Yeah, you know, we, we've, we've worked really hard in the athletic department to try to get our student body on board with athletics and football. You know, I rattled off all the pro teams that are, that are within 60 miles of here, and, and that does affect us a little bit. We, this is a pro football area with the Jets and Giants, and, you know, the Patriots aren't far away. And um, so we, we, we do battle that. So we, we've done a good job and, and we've worked hard at trying to get our students and and just the general population of Long Island to come support us. And, you know, we had, an, I think, in, at least in the six years I've been here, the best student crowd we've ever had. And it was a Thursday night, so that was good. That's why we didn't play this game last week on Saturday because it was a holiday weekend and we figured everybody, all the students would go away. But we played it Thursday night, got a great crowd. They were vocal. Um, so we hope that next week and, and then our remaining six home games that we can get good crowds. Like you said, James Madison comes and, you know, we hope that's homecoming too. So we hope to get a, a record breaking crowd that night. Are they a uh, majority of Jets fans or Giants fans in your area? I ask because I'm a Patriots guy. Yeah. Well, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. But um, I think it's a mixture. Um, obviously I think more people would probably at this point in time admit that they're a Giants fan, just given their um, success over the past decade. But um, <laughs> right now, neither of those teams are doing too well. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's a mix. Um, 
Jets Giants and then the you know the yet the Mets Yankees split their fan base as well. So there's always the, the good mixture and it, it always makes for a lot of fun. All right, we got to cut out of the interview. We apologize. We are running short on time, and we still got to get to Eric's most the wanted segment every Wednesday is the movie quiz. It's became wanted because I've started doing it. But uh, we have to hear what Eric's movie uh, movie quiz is. And so we have to go short on that. We apologize. Um, we'll uh, maybe show you uh, some uh, or give you some audio uh, later in the week. Well, what are we missing? And what did we, we, we cut out on? You did the interview. Well, just we, we talking talk- about walks in Central Park and yeah, well, dude, what there is to do, like they surf, like the coach actually takes them like on a little adventure before the season. They go surfing, they go to the beach, huh. hang out. That's cool. I think it's awesome. So, uh, all right, coming up, Eric Franson, sponsored by Popcorn, will <laughs> bring you the movie quiz. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press, one hundred six nine FM, thirteen ninety AM, the fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Bye, 50-year time. It's Eric France, and it's RJ Salison here on the Full Court Press. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You made it halfway through the week. You're almost there. Home opener for Utah State Aggies is just a few days away on Saturday evening, 5.30 p.m. Make sure you get your tickets and get over to the stadium. Support the squad. Make sure they get to 1-1 one and one on the season before their bye week and then a tough stretch of San Diego State, Colorado State, and then LSU in Death Valley on October 5th. Come say hi to us, Al Lewis, myself. We'll be hanging out at uh, Locker 42 on South Main. No kidding. Starting at 3.30. Uh, mostly, Al, I'll be there more in the second half of that uh, broadcast, but yeah, uh, it's fun to uh, break down what's going to happen on game day and have folks stop by, make sure they get in the right gear. It's going to be a stripe the stadium night, so make sure you understand what section you're sitting in. So if you wear white or blue, it'll be important that you know so you can get the proper effect in the stadium. Every Wednesday, it's our tradition. We do the movie quiz sponsored by Popcorn. <laughs> Popcorn. Uh, <laughs> This week it is Eric's turn. Last week I stumped him with Little Big League. And uh, this week Eric will try to do the same. Eric, take it over. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. So I'll go as far as I can until I think I need to stop because it'll start to give away the movie. (laughs) Be very obvious. Okay, let's go. Okay, here we go. No, please just let him try. He's all used up. Can't do it by himself. Yes, he can. All he has to do is believe. And there's some commotion oh, going on. I already know what this is. And Knox will pull Mel Clark. All I can say is it's about, about time. time. I got nothing left. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you got one strike left. You already oh, know what the movie is? I yeah. keep going. I will definitely give it away. No, I already knew what the movie was. Uh, it's uh, one of the one of the really good ones. Jordan, or is it Joseph Gordon-Levitt Jr.? Yes, he is. Uh, angels in the outfield. Little JP. My man, JP. You got an angel with you right now. Just go here. Or he just got here and he's going to help. No. Please just let him try. He's all used up. He can't do it by himself. Yes, he can. 
All he has to do is believe. <laughs> and Knox will pull Mel Clark. All I can say is, it's about time. I got nothing left. Yeah, you do. You got one strike left. You got an angel with you right now. Just got here. And he's gonna help. Most cheesiest part of this movie. Everybody gets history. up, starts flapping their, their arms. arms. It's like a weird version of the wave. <laughs> like seagulls. Kid sees an angel? Yeah, he must. That's the signal. Wait, it really That's the signal. <laughs> yeah, the kid comes out there. He starts waving his arms. It really, it and then all of a sudden, everybody else starts doing it. The team comes out of the dugout. They start doing it. Everybody in the stands, they start doing it. It would have been really funny if you would have given up like a three-run homer to end it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said there were angels. What kind of angel was that? I guess they were uh, uh, Yankee fans because he carried the ball. <laughs> angels in the outfield. That was a classic, man. And then 1994. They did, like, they did like angels in the end zone later on. Remember that? I do not recall that one. Uh, I think it was like Matt Harper or uh, what? what's his name? Uh, the kid who played on uh, Boy Meets World. Can't remember what his name was. Yeah. Uh, they did Angels in the End Zone. Danny actually... Glover, Tony Danza. Oh, man. That was a star-studded cast. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Was in that one. Yeah. yeah Joseph Gordon-Levitt, as you mentioned. He's the young kid. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were the California Angels, yep. the CA logo, Yeah. before this nonsense of Los Angeles Angels at Anaheim business that we have now. Yeah, don't you miss the whole like California Angels thing? It was just simpler. Yes. And their logos were awesome. I just like the uniforms were awesome. Cheesy just, plot. Oh, horribly cheesy plot. Yeah, absolutely. I could not, yeah, I could not agree more to that regard. Um... Good family movie, though. Girl, yeah. There's no, uh, yeah, you don't have to worry for your kids at all when you watch that movie. Just realize you're going to, I mean, I don't know. You're going to probably cringe at some scenes just because they're so cheesy. I'm looking up information on IMDb. The movie was filmed at the Oakland Coliseum. So they didn't even film it in California <laughs> Angel Stadium. They didn't even shoot it in Anaheim. How does that feel? Uh, yeah, we didn't shoot this film at our own stadium. We actually went to uh, the Oakland Coliseum to do it for the A's. Thank you, A's. <laughs> Angels. Is it because they feel like they couldn't fill the fill the stadium if they said they were going to go to the California Angel Stadium? I'm just saying. How do you not film it in your own stadium? Anyway, that's the Full Court Press Movie Quiz. Presented by Popcorn. <laughs> popcorn. All right. Burra burra. <laughs> burra popcorn. Hey, remember tomorrow we got our pick six. Uh, I am on a two-week winning streak looking to make it three and you are still owing me a treat, by the way. So. I do owe you a treat. Oh, you ah, act like you're, you're surprised. Right. Oh, I'm so surprised that I owe you a treat. Shut up and pay up, man. Uh, big thanks to Brian Miller for joining us. A big thanks to AJ Knight for help filling in for Eric. And a big thanks for Eric for actually showing up. Why don't you take your balloon? I got you. Take it home. Brian, why you say? Good night. I've seen that thing floating around.